You're listening to The Right to Be Catholic with Sean A.R. Brought to you by the Eastern Catholic Re-Evangelization Center. Welcome, everybody, to the Right to Be Catholic podcast, where we tackle everyday issues that we as Catholics face in our modern world today. I'm your host, Catholic speaker and advocate, Sean A.R. So, today's topic, we're going to focus on the power of the Eucharist, Holy Communion, right? We're going to talk about what it truly is, why it's important, and how it's changed our lives. And my guest today will talk about how it's changed his life, how he's truly devoted to the Eucharist, how we should all be truly devoted to the Eucharist, the beauty of it. We'll talk about all that stuff. Uh, The Bible quote I have for all of you guys today, I think it fits perfect with what we're talking about. And it comes from Jesus, right? It comes from the Bible, obviously. It comes from John chapter 6, verses uh, 53 to 57. Now, the reason why I said it comes from Jesus, obviously, because, you know, John wrote down, obviously, what Jesus spoke, and Jesus said these words to us. So after I read this to you guys, I want you to think about what I just said in this Bible quote and say to yourself, wow, if God Almighty said these words for us to do this, why shouldn't I do it, right? So here it goes. Again, this is John chapter 6, 53 to 57. He said, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. My flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink." He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me, he also will live because of me. Man, like think about that for a second. Jesus said, you eat my blood or you eat my body and drink my blood and I will be with you and you will be with me. I mean, is there any more to say than that? You know what I mean? He said this for us to do this. So to me personally, I think to myself, whoever's thinking otherwise, I don't know what you're thinking. So to help me talk about this topic, I got one of my good friends. His name is Ziad Alfred. Ziad, thank you for coming on the show, my man. Brother Sean, thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, today I just want to take a moment and uh, discuss with everybody uh, my love and my passion for the Eucharist and in adoration. Um, the good Lord has put us here together, uh, like it says in the Bible, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am amongst them. Um, as I sit here with you, Sean, I'm reminded of how the Eucharist, aka Jesus, has changed my life. As a child, I remember my parents taking me to church. I never really understood what it was that was going on. I followed what everyone else was doing, kneeling, standing, sitting. I took that little piece of bread. As I got older, into my teens, I started to hunger for the truth. I started to fall in love with the idea of a father that I never wanted to upset, the thought of a God who loves me so much that he died for my sins, me, a miserable sinner. How can I How can all this be fake? For me, my thought was, even if my Catholic faith wasn't real, let's see how I live my life. I put people before myself. I loved every day. 
I did my best not to sin, then I die. If you ask me, I live my best life. In life, it's hard to be good. But being bad and living in sin, that's a good old time. So easy to do. Now, I'm married four kids later. At the time, I own my own business. One of my friends, Delone, says, have you gone to Kairos? He's your friend? I don't admit it all the time, but okay. yes. I know him. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, let's just say um, when I attended Kairos, uh, my mind was blown. Um, I learned so much about my faith. More than anything, I figured out who Jesus really was. I never understood who Jesus was um, in the Eucharist. When Jesus broke bread and said, take, eat, this is my body, Jesus took the cup, drink of this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus didn't say, this bread may be my body. Jesus didn't say, drink from this cup, maybe it's my blood. I learned that while at mass, the priest prays over the bread and wine, and it becomes true body and blood of Christ. Once I learned that, it was game over. I started doing adoration. Once a week, I asked that they give me the hardest hour of the day. 2 a.m. it was. I leave my house at 1.15 while my family was sleeping, out of my nice warm bed, feeling horrible that I'm leaving my family. In the middle of the night, unprotected from by me, driving 45 minutes to adoration, 45 minutes back, I'd arrive at adoration at 2 a.m. and leave at 3 a.m. I'd get home around 3.45. There were some nights where I couldn't even go back to sleep. Guess what, though? That alone made me into the man I am today, a God-fearing, loving man, a Jesus warrior. To sit in front of Jesus and take time during adoration is like me sitting here with you, Sean. Well, man, Z, that's awesome, man. I thank you for sharing that with us. You know, that's an awesome testimonial, too. And this is why I told you to come on, because I... I know who you are, man, and I know how much you love Jesus. Uh, you know, for those of you who are listening, if you guys know Ziad, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't know Ziad, you know, we, no one calls him Ziad. We all call him Z, Z Daddy, Zeus, you know. <laughs> but if you know him, you'll know that once in a, you know, once in a while, you'll get a text from him. And it'll be a picture of an adoration chapel. And he'll say, my dude, I'm just sitting here thinking about you, sending a prayer. Do you have anything you want me to pray for? And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, you know, who does that, right? Absolutely. You do that. That's amazing. It's because you've come to learn what is truly present. In it. And we'll talk about that later on in the podcast. But you've come to know what he really is. And that bread that people refer to is truly the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Amen, brother. You know, you know that. Yeah. So uh, I was going to say, Sean, that, you know, I-, I sit in front of the Eucharist all the time. And the truth is, there is so many times that as I'm sitting there, Jesus literally says, send me to everybody. So that's why I really send out those texts. And there's some times where I'm like, you know what, Lord? You want me to send this out? Then give me a message. And then when I attach the message to it and send, you know, the picture of the Eucharist, dudes like, they hit me back like, how'd you know? And I'm like, I did it. <laughs> I'm like, but the he Lord told knows. <laughs> he told me. He told me, right? I'm not even joking. I literally sit there and text. So. Listen, before you came here, you know, um, I was asked like, hey, you know, What's this guy Ziad all about? And uh-huh. I said, you know what, what's awesome about him is he has a true devotion to the Eucharist. And I think God uses us all. Like we don't have to be these like a Moses or a Noah for God to use us. You and I, man, 
we're average guys. I mean, we're extraordinary, but you know, we're average guys. You know what I mean? We're everyday guys. We're married. We have kids. We have jobs, right? We're normal, but God uses all of us, I believe, to spread his message. And God uses you. He's using me. He uses us all. And he, she said, you're a warrior of God. And I know that because, so I met Ziad uh, on Kairos, right? Yes. Yep. Years ago. Yep. And now you're leading Kairos, correct? Correct. Which is amazing, yep. right? It's awesome. And and you, you, I'm sure you can testify to this. It's an amazing experience seeing people who either rediscover Jesus or discover Jesus for the first time, you know, in front of you. 100%. Um, I always thought, you know, like I said, I always thought I knew um, everything there was to know, you know, being married, uh, like I said, owning the business, having your family. You know, you're thinking, okay, I'm, I'm doing this the right way, right? But the truth is, I didn't know, like, every aspect. I had no clue. Like, when I sat in front of the Eucharist, I was like, okay, something's going on here, but I, I really just don't understand what's happening. And then once I, I got the concept that that's Jesus, that that's my boy, I was like, it's like sitting across from you right now. So that once I figured that out and I can deliver that message to my family, that was game over for me. Yeah. Uh, that's what changed everything. It's amazing, right? Yeah, and it's, I, it's sad that, crazy. and I can speak for myself, we take, we take it for granted. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. If we, we should truly worship him the way he deserves to be worshiped. Unbelievable. And you know, it's crazy because a lot of our Catholic um, brothers and sisters don't even believe what it is. So for that, uh, you and I are going to go over some facts, right? Yep. So the Catholic Church says, okay, and we as Catholics believe this, the Eucharist is not a representation, but is the actual true presence of Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And now during mass, it becomes from bread and wine to the body and blood through an act called the transubstantiation, where the presence of it looks and tastes like bread and wine, but God transforms this, okay, and now becomes the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And we as Catholics believe this. So sadly, some don't. And when they go to Mass, they don't understand this. But if you're listening to this and you hear this, know that this is truth. It's not a representation. Doesn't It's not a symbol, whatever. It's really him. And if you believe this, I guarantee you he'll change your life. Now, the, the word Eucharist itself, it means thanksgiving, right? It means thanksgiving because we're giving thanks to God for what he's given us. Um, what's awesome about the Eucharist, so you know, people will probably tell you like the mass is the highest form of prayer. Okay, but do you know what causes the mass to be the highest form of prayer? The Eucharist. the Eucharist, right? Yeah. The Eucharist, because at the like Jesus is nothing. Right. Without Jesus, is nothing. Without Jesus, it's nothing. It's a it's a building. It's a building. It's nice to go and pray in a building, Absolutely. but without Him there, what's the point, right, Z? Absolutely. Um, again, like you guys got to think about it too. When you get to church, you know, I, I kind of like to use stories. So when you get to church, and you're able to sit, listen to the priest, uh, go through all the actions of the mass. And then he's he's offering up uh, the sacrifice, and then you see, uh, you know, the Eucharist is prayed over. When you see all that, you're like, I'm waiting to get my Eucharist, and and then I'm gonna go right. If if that wasn't happening and you didn't receive your Eucharist, let's face it, you would never get to church. No, you know, and I'm I'm one of those people. Um, but knowing that God is there waiting for me is just unbelievable. Um, I mean, how how fortunate are we? 
Amazing, right? Amen to that. And you know what's cool about it also is the Eucharist is what separates us from other Christian denominations because other Christian denominations don't have the Eucharist the way we do because, of course, it requires a priest and we have, you know, we have the priests in the Catholic faith and them praying over the body or the bread and wine becomes the Eucharist, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But what's cool about that is we, that's what makes us different than everybody else. We have Jesus Christ and we have the opportunity if we choose to, he gives it to us freely every single week, every single day off. You want to go to daily mass, you can do that. Absolutely. But I, but Again, for my listeners, I'm not going to discourage you from taking the Eucharist, mm-hmm. but please, please know that God gives us, uh, Jesus gave us another uh, uh, sacrament It's called confession. And if you're going to receive the Eucharist, please, if you're going to welcome Jesus into your body, make sure it's clean. You know yeah, what I mean? You know what, Sean, I'll absolutely touch on that. Uh, there's a lot of times that, you know, I want to go to church and I'm struggling and you know, I'm, I, I try to be as much of a saint as possible, but you know, we always we slip up yeah and you know what i know when i walk into confession and you know break it down you know to the priest and i walk out of there uh with is absolution it's just amazing like and then i go and receive the eucharist after that it's like it's like a double whammy you know and uh just it's just a it's a whole nother level um if you truly understand uh the power of the eucharist you know because I just know I always want to come clean before the Father, and that's that's how I am. <laughs> Amen. We all try that, and like I said, we all call, fall short, but I'm going to give you a definition of a saint. A saint is a sinner who keeps trying. So I'm definitely a sinner, but I'm, I'm going to tell you, I keep trying. Always. I'm trying to be like you when I grow up, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, today we discovered that uh, Sean is Batman. Yeah. And that being my last name is Alfred, I'm going to be his right-hand man. There you Alfred. go. Right, Alfred. Not like those Avengers. Avengers. Yeah. We'll talk about them later. Yeah. Those Avengers, right? <laughs> so so you probably think to yourself, okay, so what benefit, if you're thinking still, because I just told you he's Jesus Christ, you're receiving Jesus Christ into your body. What benefit do I get out of receiving this Eucharist? Am I going to feel something crazy? Maybe you might. But I will tell you things that you will gain no matter what. Okay, receiving the Eucharist, number one, receiving the Eucharist, you it's unity with Christ, right? The, so the Christian journey is a journey to become like Christ and to abide in him. And the way to do that is through the Eucharist. I forgot what saint said this, but she said, receiving the Eucharist is like hot wax being fused together. Wow. You're being fused with Jesus Christ. Wow. So how much better can life be after that, right? Can't. So how about this? When you receive the Eucharist, it destroys, not just um, by, you know, temporarily, it destroys venial sins. So any venial sins you got, destroyed, right? Oh. Now, of course, we, t- we said earlier that we don't want you to go to take Eucharist if you have a mortal sin because, you know, we want to welcome Jesus to our heart, to our body. Uh, it's a holy temple now because you have Jesus inside. You want it to be clean, right? Mm-hmm. But I will tell you what it does do to mortal sin by receiving the Eucharist as often as you can, not only does it destroy uh, venial sins, but it prevents from us committing mortal sin. So try to think of it this way. It's like a protective coat that helps us stay away from serious sins. And I'm telling you, listen, 
when I haven't received the Eucharist, Z, tell me if this is true for you. If you haven't received the Eucharist for a while, you start feeling different. 100. You feel like, you know, you get angry a lot. 100%. And you're like, I don't have the spiritual food that I got. That's because you're not being fed. Your soul is not being fed. Yeah, I have, uh, for me, I think it's uh, when, when I don't receive the Eucharist, I literally hear the Lord calling me like, Just come, come, come over here. Yeah. Come, come take this, this Eucharist. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's crazy to me how people don't get to church. It's uh, my, my son, as a matter of fact, he's 18. He just got a job and it requires him to work on Sundays. First thing I told him, figure out your schedule to where you can get to church and, you know, satisfy you serving, uh, serving at the church. I said, you have to get there one way or another. So you can't just not go. Right. And uh, I tell you what, he really surprised me. He went on his own last week, Sunday. <laughs> Amen. Right. That's awesome. You know? See, but see, it's the world needs more fathers like you. 100%. Right, where your pri- that's that's the true priority, right? And you and you teach your son this. You tell him, "Hey, my man, there's nobody more important." The, uh, the other day, I was the other day this morning. I'm sorry, my days all because you know sure. we're all home all the time because yeah, yeah. of COVID. Absolutely. But I was talking to my wife and I told her, and I told her this a million times. I said, "Nothing is more important than him." Absolutely. Not you, not me, 100%. not our kids. I put him above all of you. I, I told her, and, and I I told her this. I said. And I, I want you to put him in front of me and the kids too, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, above me. Because that's the way, and she was saying, she's like, I want to make sure that our children are raised, you know, in a Catholic environment, that, 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 they're, that they're virtuous people. I don't want them to fall temptation to the world. And I told her, listen, the world's ready to devour them. 100. And it has to be people like you and me and our, you know, our wives, whatever, that it's, we have to do that at, at home. But what better way to do that? Get them to church. Get them to receive the Eucharist. Teach them about Jesus Christ. What is, and the Eucharist will help us do that, right? So another thing, we were just talking about this. Mm-hmm. It, it gives life, okay? So the Catechism of the Catholic Faith says this, that the Eucharist preserves, increases, and renews the life of grace received at baptism. So that's that feeling we get. Uh-huh. And it says that feeling you get is just like a sliver of what heaven is like. Wow. True joy, true joy to be with, with, with God Almighty. So that's just like a little tiny taste of what it is. I love that. You know what, Sean, too? Uh, every time that I've been taking the Eucharist, a uh, little something has been happening where like I'll get back and then all of a sudden, man, I get all like misty-eyed, man. Yeah, and I'm, I really feel the presence of the Holy Spirit after I've taken the Eucharist, and it's just a feeling that I just I just want to bottle it, bottle it up and take it with me. You know, it's uh, it's amazing. I know that feeling because when I sit, you know, after I receive the Eucharist, I always this, I say the same prayer. I mean, I say other things, but this is the prayer I always say. I say, "Thank you, God, for making us one again." I promise I'm going to do my best to not you know be away from you so long. And listen. Am I perfect? No, I'm not, right? And I fall short of like how you said, but I do my best to try to make it to him as often as I could. I, can I do better? Yeah, big time. Again, because if we truly worshiped him the way he was supposed to, we would be on our hands and knees 24-7 in front of him. On our faces. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. And, you know, 
when I was doing my research on the on the Eucharist, I, I always like to turn to the saints, Ooh. right? And I, I got two awesome quotes that saints have said about the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. One's from St. Maximilian Kolbe. And because this is the right to be Catholic, mm-hmm. I also picked an awesome Eastern Rite saint. His name is St. Ephraim. Yep. Okay. So this is what St. Uh, Maximilian Kolbe said. He said, if angels could be jealous of men, they would be uh, so for one reason, holy communion. How awesome is that? The angels themselves who God created first, right? And they're in heaven right now. But one thing that they're jealous of us, of you and me, is that we receive receive the Eucharist. (laughs) And they don't. Isn't that crazy? And then we still, we're like, nah, you know, I'm I'm good. Isn't that crazy? I'm going to stay home, right? And then St. Ephraim said this. He said... Oh, Lord, we cannot go into the pool of Sheol to which you sent the blind man, but we have the chalice of your precious blood filled with life and light. The purer we are, the more we receive. So he's saying basically go and receive it more and more. And you'll like like how Jesus opened the eyes of the Mm -hmm. blind man. He's opening our eyes in a sense, right, to the Eucharist. Absolutely. You know, another thing too, Sean, that I wanted to add is one thing that I've been teaching my children now is to genuflect in front of the Eucharist or the tabernacle. And I got to tell you, you know, when we go to uh, like the American churches and they see us genuflecting as a family, man, people are like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. but guess what, man? When I see other people in the same church and they go and they kind of like bow in front of the cross, I'm like, the tabernacle's right here. Jesus is right here. The Eucharist, yeah. where are you going? Yeah. You know, so I feel like that's that person that, that I used to be. I, di- I didn't know. You know, I'm like, oh, that's I, I'm, I'm in front of the symbol. Uh-huh. But once I learned that, you know, Jesus was the Eucharist, I was like. That box in there. Come on, man. That the has, tab- yeah. yeah. the tabernacle, the bodstring. Like, to me, man, bow. And you know what? Let everybody know that you're kneeling to your maker because that's what it boils down to. Um, I used to always think to myself, like, Hey, oh, wait, if I bow, what if this guy sees and thinks I'm weird? You know what? Let him think I'm crazy because I'm crazy for God. <laughs> That's awesome. I swear to you, I wrote this down. I said, if you <laughs> kneel before God, <laughs> you can stand before anyone. Amen, I have it written down. You see it. I did see it. I have that. <laughs> so <laughs> something I want to share with our listeners, again, this is the right to be Catholic. I always like to squeeze in a little bit of Chaldean right in it. So not that, again, one is better than the other, but... And the Chaldean rite, we do our blessings of, from the from the bread and wine to the Eucharist just a little bit different than the Latin rite. Now, we both do the traditional ones where this is my body, this is my blood. You know, we do that prayer as well. But uh, so from what I've learned is the Latin rite, and, and we have similar prayers in, that, that they do during, during the Mass as well. But the Latin rite believe that when they say this is my body and this is my blood, at that moment, the uh, bread and wine become mm-hmm. body and blood. Okay. Okay. That's the Latin rite. So a little lesson for everybody listening, right? The Chaldean rite doesn't do it like that. We don't have a specific moment mm. that we know that, oh, now it's become body or the body and the blood. We have a set of prayers that we do. It's called the anaphora. Mm. Okay. And, and sometime during the anaphora, we believe that the body and the, the bread the bread and wine become the body and blood. Okay, so the nafra think of it as prayers of consecration. So if you've ever were at mass at any Chaldean rite mass, you, you'll see the, the, the book you have in front of you. That section that's called preparation of the uh, for the consecration. It's the part where the priest says, "The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the Father, Son, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forever." Once that start starts. 
that's when the anaphora starts. Okay, mm. so as the priest goes through all that, we kneel. We do that. And then during that time, he does the, this is my body, this is my blood. He does that prayer, which of course is amazing because Jesus said himself. But for us as Chaldeans, we don't know exactly what part it does, but we do say one thing, right? There's a, and, and, and the Latin right does, does, does this too, but it's called the epiclesis. It's a prayer that invokes the Holy Spirit to come down. Okay. We do the epiclesis after the prayer of the, this is my body, this is my blood. The Latin rite does it beforehand. Oh, okay. But we as Chaldean Catholics believe that at the end of the epiclesis, and that's the part where the priest says, may your Holy Spirit come, O Lord, and rest upon the sacrifice to be blessed and sanctified to become for us the pardon of debts, forgiveness of sins, and so forth and so forth. At that time, that's when the epi epiclesis starts. But we believe at the end of the epiclesis, we know for a fact by this point, sometime during this time, it has become the body and blood. And then we even take it a step further after that. We take it a step further, and we do a prayer called the the rite of, of breaking and signing of the bread, and it's it's a beautiful prayer because it's a whole symbolism of the breaking of the bread, mm -hmm. and then the dipping of the Reclaim. yeah yep, uh -huh. and, and, then, and then the the dipping of the Eucharist into the into the blood yeah. and joining them one to the other, and this that's not the reason that we don't take the 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 the, the blood at mass, but. We know that as Chaldean Catholics, and so do they, of course, the, the Latin rite, that if you receive the body, you receive the blood. If you receive the blood, you receive the body. So this is not part of our traditions as to why we don't, you know, because if you go to the Latin rite, they'll, they'll give you the blood and, and the body. But in the Chaldean rite, they only give you the body. Correct. So just those prayers, that those rituals that we have as Chaldean Catholics are just a little bit different and something for you guys to know about. Um that we do different than the Latin rite. And what makes us, again, it's not anything better or worse. It's just a tradition that we have that I want to share with all of our listeners. I love that. I think uh, when you share stuff like that, it gives people the knowledge um, of what the difference is. And honestly, knowledge is what's going to make the difference uh, when you're at church and you're trying to teach your own kids because that's what I've really discussed with my children is what's happening at the altar. Um, because they can watch the priest do whatever he wants, but truthfully, but knowing the difference and knowing what's where, I think is what's helped them. Listen, you're 100% about that. And you, you made this point earlier, and I want to go back to it really quick. You said, and, and now when you sit through Mass and that, that part comes up again, you're going to know why that's happening. Mm -hmm. And the more and more you know about the Mass, you're not just going to fall temptation to say, okay, I'm just going through the routines, I'm bowing, mm -hmm. I'm kneeling, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm doing the sign, I'm saying this prayer that I have no, no idea why we're doing it. Now at least you know at minimum this portion, why we are doing it. Absolutely. Um, and, I, and I do want to say something too, Sean, on that note, is you know, my kids have been uh, going to church probably since day one. Um, I, we've had no problem of picking them up, putting them in their, you know, car seat and setting them right next to us. And guess what? <laughs> Through the good Lord, they're quiet and, and either they sleep or they hear or whatnot. But like every week we go and I got to tell you, man, I don't have to do much talking to my kids to know they're doing good or they're being good citizens out there. So I think the little, you know, fear of the Lord, not that he's a scary, you know, God or whatnot, but the fact that they just don't want to disrespect God, I think, speaks volumes. Because I always tell my kids, you can get away with the crime, you know, uh, get one over on me and mom. But the good Lord always sees it. And you're, you're not, you're punishing him is what you're doing. 
So I teach that to my kids. And let me tell you something. It's, it's been working out so far. You're a lucky man because if I take my kids to church, I don't know what will happen. But <laughs> but my wife and I asked you, I swear to you, you, everything you're saying, I feel like every couple goes through because yeah. we were just talking about this the other day. My wife's like, I think it's time for us to start taking the kids back to church oh, yeah. because they, no matter what happens, I want them to be exposed to that and know mm -hmm. what's the importance of it. And I told her, you're 100% right. Mm -hmm. So to go along with that same that same theme. So my nephew just recently, about uh, not even a month ago, he received his first Holy Communion, mm -hmm. right? And I, I, I love this boy, right? So I called my sister. I said, Chanel, you know, that's my sister. I was mm -hmm. like, Chanel, let me, let me talk to Blake. That's his name. And she's like, what do you want? I'm like, I want to talk to him about what he's going to do tomorrow. She's like, okay, yeah, 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 thank you. I'm like, okay, good. So then I started talking to him and I said to myself, what am I going to tell this kid to make him be excited about what he's gonna do. And I thought about, what is he excited about? He loves superheroes. So I was like, okay, got it, <laughs> right? So there's your shout out, Jeff and Pilar, for the Catholic <laughs> Avengers, everybody. Let's the Catholic Avengers, right? But so he, I told him, listen, I said, Blake, you like superheroes, right? And you like superpowers. And so you know how that's fake on TV? I said, but what you're gonna do tomorrow, when you receive Jesus, that's real superpowers that are gonna go inside you. He goes, really? I said, yeah, man. I'm like, you don't understand. That's not fake like on TV. Like for real, for real, the most powerful being in the world in existence is gonna be one with you. Oh my goodness. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah. Unreal. You're gonna have superpowers tomorrow, man. I told him. And I got him excited about that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So like I was trying to relate. How old is he? He's, I'm going to get this wrong. He's probably eight, nine years oh, old. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it, it it made him excited about what he's going to do. Because, you know, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure in their school, they're teaching him like, oh, you're receiving Jesus. <laughs> but they're like, all right. Yeah. They don't understand that. But I made that's, him excited yeah. about it. You know what I mean? You know what, man? You could have painted a better picture because, again, I'll tell you, Sean, man, it's all about the story, man. It's it's how you teach how you explain? He he spoke his stories to parables to everybody, didn't he? He always used stories. That's the whole thing, man. Yeah. To me, if there is like no story following what we're trying to teach somebody, like I just feel like okay, well maybe they, they didn't get it. They but didn't if get you it. Give them the example. Mm -hmm. It's like oh, I got it. Okay. So so I I have a perfect story, but before we go into that, um, and I didn't make it up. Obviously, it's in the Bible. Sure. You know, what I'm saying it's not. I'm a, I'm not gonna take credit for the the story about Martha and Mary. You know, <laughs> I didn't I didn't I didn't write that one. I wish I could, but. We're going to talk about a topic that is near and dear to you is adoration. Absolutely. And this is this is one of the reasons why I asked you to come on the podcast because, man, you're the adoration warrior. You know what I mean? I wish I can go to adoration as much as you do. And I want you to speak a little bit about your experiences in adoration before I go into my to, to my story. Okay. So, you know, just uh, kind of, I didn't, I didn't think I was going to get deep into that, but I'd love to. So, um, you know, adoration for me, uh, first and foremost, is... Um, you know, it's just a calling from the Lord for me to come sit with him. That's literally, I just hear this, this thing say, hey, why didn't, why didn't you come to church today? Um, so, you know, that literally, as soon as I hear that voice, um, I just want to always be true um, and, and do what the Lord asks of me. So that's why I get to adoration. And for me, getting to adoration is, yeah, of course, I'm going to pray for my family and I, right? But at the end of the day, what am I really doing? I'm out there praying for the for God's people. And that's really what it boils down to me. So if you want to talk about a superpower that I might have, well, my superpower is praying for others. That's, that's me. But um, I'll give you an example of myself in adoration. So first thing I do when I, when I get to adoration is I thank Jesus. We have a simple conversation about how things are going. 
As usual, I ask him for his guidance. I always tell him that I want his will in my life, not, not my own. Once I leave adoration, I feel as if I'm on top of the world. Um, when, I'm, when I'm there um, at adoration as well, um, you know, I like to bring people with me, people that are very unexpected of being there or even know what the Eucharist is. And, you know, there was a couple times where I was at work and I told my coworker, hey, about to go to lunch, why don't you come run with me? We went to lunch, we did our thing, and then I was like, and hey, with adoration. Yeah, yeah, I gotta make a quick stop at church. And dude acted like the church was gonna go up in flames if he walked in. I said, bro, just follow me real quick. Yeah. I wanna show you what I do. And once I showed him what I did, my man got down, knelt down himself, and he just said, exhaled, and said everything that was on his heart. And I can literally see his, the difference from when we walked in to when we walked out. And he don't even know God. But I explained to him. He knew him that day. Yep. I just gave him a quick gist. I said, look, that's the Eucharist. This is what happens. That's why it's God. That's why, you know, I come here and I sit in front of him and I let him know that, hey, this is like you sitting and talking to me. We're talking to him. Like, real deal. And for him, for that quick five minutes to sit there and put his heart out in front of the Lord, I felt like, man, I accomplished everything I ever wanted to accomplish. <laughs> Listen, that's amazing. And that's the Lord used you that, that day, and he wanted to go to this guy, right? It was a guy you took with yes, you? Yes, yes. Uh, I don't want to get trapped with your wife. Like, no, no it was a no. girl. I took her to church. <laughs> <laughs> no, but God used you that day to get to this to, to get to get this guy, right? So he's like, I need to talk to him. And he did. The priest once said one time, they asked him, like, what do you go to adoration? He goes, I look at him, and he looks at me. And sometimes in the silence like that, right, that's a form of prayer. Adoration is a form of prayer. But I, the, the Bible story that I wanted to get into was about mm -hmm. Martha and Mary, right? It talks beautiful about what adoration is. Mm -hmm. So Martha and Mary, right, if, if, you don't know the, if you don't know the Bible verse, it's, so Jesus went and he was sitting in a, in a house and Martha and Mary were two sisters. And Martha was busy, you know, getting things done. Like, you know, when you have company over, you're getting ready, you're getting the food ready, the, this, just serving everybody, going, going like back and forth, going nuts, doing everything. And then you have Mary over here, She's just sitting down. But who is she sitting in front of, right? That's the difference. She's sitting in front of Jesus and listening to every word he says. And then Martha, being upset, she goes to Jesus, Jesus, what's going on here? Right? And I'm paraphrasing big time. But <laughs> she's like, aren't you going to tell her what's going on? And he said, Martha, Martha, mm -hmm. you worrying yourself about things that are not important. And he goes, Mary chose the right thing. What he's trying to say there, I believe, is... Let's shut out the world. Nothing else is more important. Not our family, not our jobs, not our this. Come and sit with me and listen to me. And that is what you do. That's what we should be doing at Adoration. Block out the world. No matter how. You say, you're, you're at lunch, man. Come on, it's crazy. That's awesome. You're at lunch. You laugh. You're like, oh, I got to go visit my dad, man. And you went to Adoration. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got to go visit my dad and yeah. you're at Adoration. Absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh I've sat in adoration too, Sean, and, and you know I don't understand or know how to sit there quietly and really listen right. sometimes. So I, I, I've reached in a couple of times, like I told you the other day, and the one time I said, you know what, Lord, I'm here, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna shut my mouth right now and go ahead and talk to me. And guess what, man? Out of the blue, the priest comes out, and, it, and he, man, he knew I needed to confess. I swear the priest comes out, I looked over, I was like, he's like, hey, how you doing? I was like, I was like, for real? I was like, 
Can you do confession right now? My man ran the confession right there. Wow, perfect. <laughs> See, I'm so, telling you, man, he knows. So weird, man. There was a saint, his name is said Alphonsus uh, Ligorio, mm -hmm. and he said, um, know also that will probably you'll probably gain more by praying 15 minutes before the blessed sacrament than by all other spiritual exercises of the day. It says, true, O Lord, here's our prayers anywhere. For he has made the promise, ask and you shall receive. But he has revealed his to his servants that those who visit him in the blessed sacrament will obtain more abundant measure of grace than anything. Could so, I add to that? Yeah, of course, man. So, Sean, there's some days, man, I'm at work and I'm absolutely losing it. And I go and I sit with Jesus. And let me tell you something. I literally put all my issues on the cross and then I get back to work and I forget that I went to see Jesus, right? All of a sudden, I walk in, and my day is just like like a 360, right? And I'm like, oh, my God, we, we killed it today, and everybody yeah. was happy, and this is what happened. And then, like, when I get home, I'm like, wait, wait, I, did I give thanks? That was the Lord. I wouldn't have seen him in adoration. And then my day turned around. I was like, you know what? I got to give thanks to the Lord. Send a quick text to my group, like, you know what? Thank God for all of you. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Thanks, That's my, guys. You right. know what I'm saying? But it's crazy how... We forget that when our day is going the right way and it's going the way we want it to, we forget. We're like, oh, we did that. No, man. No, the Lord blessed you. You know, I feel like oftentimes and I fall uh, in this trap a lot of times. We go to Jesus when we want something uh, to ask for something, but we never go to him and just say thanks. 100. Like, why don't we just go to, why do you go to adoration for? I don't know, because I love him and I just want to thank him. Not because I have to have something or need something, but... I just want to say thanks, you know, man, you did everything. I'm so blessed for what I got. 100. Even my cross that I carry, I'll take this cross mm -hmm. to suffer with you. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, what else is going to tell you, Sean? The other thing, too, man, I've been doing a lot of is now, literally, when I roll out of bed, I used to go to my phone all the time. You know what, man? Now I roll out of my bed. I drop to the knee, baby. I drop to the knee. Give thanks to the Lord right out of bed before I touch anything. Okay. And then that alone, like, it's unbelievable. And then before I go to bed, I drop the knee as well, do my prayers. I, I mean, I, the one thing that'll distract you guys, I promise you this, quit playing with your phones. Um, and I think that's where I went and deleted abs, did whatever I had to do in order to stay in touch with God, man. Because let me tell you something, if that's what you're doing every night and that's what you're doing every morning, let me tell you, your day is gonna be, is gonna be pretty nice. And if it's power not, of the Eucharist, man. Oh my gosh, it's the it's the power of the good Lord, absolutely. So, tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, how did this Eucharist change you? Like, what were were you different before than you are today, than you are now? You know what, Sean? Uh, somebody once asked me. They said, "Hey, Z, you know, without you know God in your life, you know, would you be the same person?" Um, it's a little different than what you're kind of asking me, but I told them straight up that I probably wouldn't be a good person. You know, uh, Lord keeps me keeps me on track. So um, the question you asked, I've just said uh, before what I knew. Um, I just like the idea of the Catholic Church. Never really understood what was going on. Now I can honestly call myself a man of God because I know Jesus is in the Eucharist and I can go see him every day if I choose. Um, just like I'm here with you today, Sean. So if I go see Jesus... Um, how can I, I just want to paint the picture for everybody that's listening. I know Jesus like I know Sean. Um, and I think the truth is, 
God is always just waiting for us. Um, I can also say that the way that has changed me is I truly hate sin. Um, I catch myself thinking about sin. And what I mean by that is, you know, you get bad thoughts that come to your mind like 24 seven. I know I do. Um, and you know what? It's weird to me to think that I can actually ask the good Lord to stop even my thought of sinning. I ask him to even, uh, as I sleep, I want to bring more souls to him. So it's the craziest thing. So beforehand, there was no way I would ever think of something like that. But now, like, uh, I don't know what happened. I was just kind of like upset with myself for some reason, or maybe I was upset with my wife or whatever. And I, in the middle of like thinking all kinds of crazy things, I'm like, Lord, stop from stop me from these thoughts, you know? And the weirdest thing happened, and this is just something that came to me right now. I was in the middle of doing yard work, and I think I got bad because something my wife did. Yeah. So I had to make another trip to Home Depot. <laughs> and on my life, because I bit my tongue and didn't say nothing, and I just offered it up to God, when I got to Home Depot and I asked for the part, guess who was there? A guy that actually works on irrigation systems not even from Home Depot. He just heard me talking to this lady. And then once I finished and I got all my stuff, I was like, okay, this this was a godsend. Helped you out. Yeah, so I, I literally said, this guy's a, a godsend. So um, so hating sin um, is what, that changed me a lot. Like I'm in, in, in very, a lot of fear that, uh, you know, I just don't want to do that in any which way or form. Um, and then I guess the saying that I have, Sean, is, Every saint has a past, and every sinner has a future. Future. Okay. So amazing. That's, that's what I have for you there. No, so so that's amazing. Mm-hmm. How has this changed you, like in your marriage? Okay, so um, in my marriage, um, you know, my goal is to get my wife to heaven. Uh, it's a never, good goal. I never ever thought about that before. Um, I never thought, okay, yeah, get my wife. I never, never even dawned on me. But now right. that I understand, where where, where do I want her? So we're going on our 20-year anniversary. Uh, come wow, tomorrow. God bless. Tomorrow? tomorrow? Yeah. Hey, man, happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you, bro. So uh, it's not short of a miracle that we haven't killed each other yet. Um, <laughs> that miracle is Christ at the center of our marriage. Um, in arguments, instead of adding fuel to the fire, I asked Jesus to forgive her and I for arguing. I asked for help to put my pride down and to bite my tongue. You can't forget why and where you got married. I got married in front of Jesus. I said the words, I do to all the good, the bad, the ugly, till death do us part. If I treat my wife like garbage, I'm doing the same to Jesus. That's how I look at it. That's amazing, man. You know, and I was gonna ask you about how it's changed your life as a father and as a worker, but you've already shared all these beautiful stories with us. You talked about how, you know, even in your work, you go to him during lunch and your whole day changes around. Boom, 180, everything's different, right? Yep. And you talk about your your, your your kids. You have three boys, right, and, and, and a daughter? Yes. You talk about, and I see a picture of these guys. These look, Z's not a small guy. He's a built guy, you know. And it, you know what's crazy about Z? When you see him, you're like, "This guy looks rough, bro." Like you know. And then he starts talking and smiling. You're like, "He's talking about Jesus? Oh man, he loves everybody." You know. And then he changes because right because he changes you. You know I'm a what I mean? Gangster for God, baby. You gangster for God. That's what I we love do, it. Man. You know what I mean? That's so it's amazing. Do. So you basically shared with us all the ways it's it's she's changed your life, and it's amazing. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And then, um, you know, to top it all off, you know, yes, about my marriage. And just last but not least, um, I just say that adoration has changed my life. Um, I do the rosary there, the Divine Mercy Chaplet there. 
you know, I said I send that pics of Jesus um, with the message attached to people. You did it today, this morning, man. You said, hey, man, for our podcast. I said, right? all right. Check this one out. I even have written countless letters to my bride there. Wow. Like literally under the Lord. I'm like, just give me the right things to say to my wife. Um, I finished work projects in front of Jesus. Um, adoration is where I find my peace. I don't know about all of you, but God begs me to come sit with him every day. That little voice in your head that you keep hearing, it's Jesus talking to you. Pay attention. Go see your father. Amen. Amen, man. See, you know, I love you, man. I, I, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your experiences. And I, I, I thought about only you when I thought about this topic. I was like, man, I got to get Z to come on here. DeLone did mention you too, but I'm not going <laughs> to give him the credit. Uh, but, um, you know, I've known you for a while too, man. And you've always been a good friend, uh, even a brother in Christ. Absolutely. So I will close the podcast with this thought for everybody. And I'm going to give you guys this quote first. It says, um, it comes from John chapter 6, 48, and 50, or 48 to 50. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the desert, but they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat it and not die. So God's telling you guys, listen to me, to everybody, listen to, to, to Z, to myself, I'm going to say this. God is inviting all of us to be with him through the Eucharist, at Mass, at Adoration. Please make it your top priority to get to Mass, to receive the Eucharist. If you can't do that at minimum or in top of that, go to Adoration. There are millions of Adoration chapels. Our Chaldean churches are filled with them. I know there's beautiful Latin Rite ones that I've, that I've witnessed. If you love the water, St. Mary's mm -hmm. in West Bloomfield is a beautiful Adoration. It's right on the water. There's, you know, there's Woodward, uh, 12 Mile Woodward is oh, yeah. an amazing one over there. You can sit on the, Shrine. yeah, you can sit on the Last Supper table next to Jesus. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Unreal, yeah. Every Chaldean church we have, I think, has an, has an awesome adoration chapel. So there's never an excuse. And it's open 24 hours a day. So please make it your priority soon, this week, next week, to go to adoration, to go you receive the Eucharist, to go to confession if you're going to receive the Eucharist, of course. right? And I'm going to leave you guys with one last thing. So every every time we post the podcast, we share it on social media and either on ECRC's Facebook page, on my Instagram or my Facebook. I, I invite all the listeners to share their experiences that they've received a, a blessing or a story to talk about when they receive the Eucharist or when they're at adoration. So I, sh I, I urge you guys all to share your experiences. Uh, go on. Please listen to the podcast, you know, like us, uh, leave us your comments. Let us know how God has changed you through the Eucharist, through the power of the Eucharist. And last but not least, like I always say, remember, go forth with confidence because you have the right to be Catholic. God bless everybody. Thank Amen. you. Amen. You have been listening to an ECRC Martoma Productions podcast. To learn more about ECRC and all of our programs, go to ecrc.us.